Good morning. Hello, hello. Happy Saturday. Yes. Although for you, it's Thursday. I'm Savannah. <laughs> I'm Alicia. This is Burden of Proof. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. Yes. It's been a great, crazy few weeks for us over here at Burden of Proof. We love you guys. Crazy week for you. Oh, I don't want to get into Roller that. Rollercoaster of a week. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Oh, yeah. You know, being a paralegal is lots of ups and downs and lots of, you know, I wouldn't say fun, but it is fun sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, the law is a, is a changing field and <laughs> sometimes it just changes more than other times. Yes. So um, I'm bound by contract not to say anything right now. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I did. But, um, but definitely just be prepared. Sometimes it does not go the way you want it to go. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. All right. What are we getting into Are you today? ready? I'm ready. What are we talking about? I don't know yet what to nickname this kid. It's a kid. Okay. He's, he was 16. His ex-girlfriend was 15. Yeah. It's going to have to do with breakfast. And you'll find out why soon enough. But so hopefully. Rejected we'll- member of the breakfast club. <laughs> it sh- we, you're on to something I'm there. I'm close. You are on to something. I like I like that. Okay, yeah, we're so close. it's not we're not perfect yet, but we're no, close. but uh, but You'll I like know it because it's the title of the of the episode. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to come up with a a good a title or nickname for this kid. Anyway, it is the case of of Rebecca Aylward and her killer Joshua Davies. Okay, are you ready? I'm buckled up. Buckle in. Okay. So Rebecca Aylward, known as Becca to her friends and family, was born on February 28th, 1995, and she grew up in, hopefully I don't butcher this, Maesteg, South Wales. Okay. It looks like Maesteg, but I'm pretty sure they pronounce it Maesteg. She is described as a kind, loving, intelligent, and funny girl. Becca was the eldest of three children and fit the role quite well with her siblings often looking up to her. And she's been described as, like, a major help to her mom. Mm-hmm. As her parents were divorced, and she was very close with her mom and helped a lot with her siblings. Her mom's name is Sonia, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> Missed that part. Unfortunately, Becca did not have a good relationship with her father, which forensic psychologist Dr. Carrie Nixon believes may have contributed to her dating choices. Mm. Becca was attending Archbishop McGrath Catholic School when she met Joshua Davies. Now, Joshua grew up in a small town with a loving family. Like Becca, he was the eldest of three children. Joshua's father, I don't know exactly what he did, but somebody mentioned in one of my sources that he was kind of affluent in the community. Mm-hmm. So they didn't exactly say what his job was or something. I don't know if he was like in politics or, yeah, you know, just community stuff. I, I'm not sure. But so his family was well known is the point. Mm-hmm. They were pretty well off. Joshua was always popular, being described as attractive, intelligent, athletic, and even said to be the alpha male of his friend group. The alpha male. The alpha male. While most people found him charming, some people, including one of Becca's closest friends, found him to be arrogant. Yeah, girl, listen to your friends. Yes. Rule number one, if your friends don't like him, red flag. Red flag. Absolutely. Joshua was also much liked by girls, but he took a particular interest in Becca. The two began dating, and Becca's family very much accepted Joshua into the family. Unfortunately, it wasn't the love story that Becca was hoping for. So, friends and family did know that Becca and Joshua's relationship was on again, off again, but they clearly didn't know how dangerous it was. <laughs> they likely fell into the trap that most people do when dealing with the, a charismatic narcissist. That's my term. I'm calling him an official. I'm officially calling it. Oh, okay. I'm being an armchair psychologist right now. We are in armchairs. Dr. Carrie Nixon, the forensic psychologist on the case, says that a person cannot be officially diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder until they are an adult, 
but she obviously confirmed that he he did he does display a lot of narcissistic behaviors. Mm-hmm. So chances are he could now be diagnosed because he's very close to adulthood at the time, but still technically a teenager. Joshua was rather controlling, but not in the way one typically expects of an abuser. He was <laughs> He was obsessed not with like knowing who who Becca is talking to or mm-hmm. where she's going or what she's doing. Instead, he was obsessed with knowing what others, including Becca, really thought of him and what they had to say about him. Oh, that is a uh, that is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even know narcissistic. What, yeah, that's. I mean, text, <laughs> yeah. I mean, textbook close textbook on that one. <laughs> yeah. So he would regularly invade her privacy by reading her diary whenever he could, whenever he got a chance. Y'all, digital diaries are the best thing that's have happened to like gossip because now you can put a password on things. Yeah, but he he would do that too. He'd grab her phone. He'd get, he, oh, if she was texting with somebody and it wasn't about, again, it wasn't about like, well, who are you talking to? And are you, you know, are you having inappropriate conversations or Whatever. It was just about, like, what are you saying about me? Hmm. That's all that mattered. Wow. It became problematic to the point that Becca began leaving her diary with her mom to keep it safe. What teenager says, here, mom. Here, mother. Take take my diary so my boyfriend doesn't read. <laughs> Big red flag. Uh, he's waving it. Yeah. Like, waving it proudly. Yes. One of Becca's closest friends reports that Joshua would make up rumors about her while they're dating. Not like when they're broken up, but even while they're dating, he would make up rumors about her and then force her, try to force her to go along with the rumor as if it were true, including spreading a rumor that she was pregnant. What? And he wanted her to just like admit to this? Yeah. He, he spread the rumor and then he wanted her to go along with it and pretend she, that was, she was pregnant. she was with child. Why? Why? Like, it was what? all about control. Huge red flag. Like, he's out there. Like, he's like yes. a flag girl yes. on a football team. He's color guarding. <laughs> yes. I'm using it as a verb. He's yes. color guarding. Yes. He's flipping it. Does he have a rifle or a flag? Flag. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So... In January 2010, Becca and Joshua had an amazing weekend together. Mm -hmm. Joshua even described the weekend as the best weekend he's had. But then he breaks up with her via text message without any real explanation. Rude. That makes tons of sense, I don't understand people who do things over text or emails. I mean, everybody says that. Nobody gets it. Like, yeah. But why would, like... Why would you break up with her after an amazing weekend? Like, they were on again, off again. But how does that make any sense? Well, Dr. Carrie Nixon describes this as the push-pull effect, Mm. stating it was as if he was trying to build Becca up just to let her crash by ending the relationship after such a good time. Yeah. Just a way to keep her emotions, like, rocky and him in control. Yes, and okay. and under the, the push-pull effect for people with narcissistic tendencies or narcissists is that you're pulling the rug out from under that person so that they're always kind of discombobulated. Yeah. And then they rely on you, and they want you even more because they begin to feel like, I only feel secure when we're okay. Like, if, you, yeah. if the narcissist yeah. is okay, then I'm okay. Yeah, it's terrible. This time, though, to Josh's disappointment, that's not what happened. Oh. Becca moved on. (gasps) Good for you, She began focusing on her friends and family and eventually even began talking to another boy. As she should. Yes. Go off, queen. This didn't go well. No, I I figured because of that we're talking about it. Yes. (laughs) Like, if this had gone great, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. No story to tell, though. No story to tell. Joshua then did what he could to continue his attempts in controlling her life. He would make bullyish and abusive comments to her like, you know your family likes me best, so you can't date anybody else. 
No. He even got all of their mutual friends to stop speaking to her. What? In an attempt. Some friends. Yeah. In an attempt to isolate her. And then he even started telling their friends, his friends, that he was going to kill her. Okay, wait. What do you mean? I, I like, instantly need I, more context on that one. I mean, he literally started telling people... I hate her. I'm going to kill her. I don't... Uh, and what? And they didn't say anything to anybody? Like, no adult was told? Nope. See something, say something. They teach you in yes. like, kindergarten these days. Like, Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I would think that that's just as big of a thing in the UK as it is here, but... Well, I, yeah, that's true. Maybe I not. Forgot. We're in Wales? Yes. Wales. South Wales. South Wales. So... Becca and Joshua's relationship was, for all intents and purposes, dead. Over. It broken up in January, remember? But now, yeah. in October of 2010, nine months after their last breakup, Joshua contacted Becca out of the blue, asking her if they can meet up. Mm, no. And unfortunately, according to Becca's friends and family... She seemed to be pulled right back into the cycle. Oh, so hard. And was excited at the prospect that this meant they might get back together. I gotta see this kid. What is so what is so special? Hold on. Not much. <laughs> y'all know, y'all know the first honestly, thing I'm doing is Beck is cute. I I I personally don't what was his last name? Davies. Davies. Mmm, girl. Not an alpha male for sure. I don't know how. Like, if he's the alpha male, oh, what sucks. what do his friends look like? I I I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. Y'all can go to our Instagram to see because you know we post pictures. But yeah. I'm looking at it right now, and this is just this is horrible. Yeah. And she was very cute. So. Oh yeah. I don't really. Oh yeah. Like this is your man. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't really understand it, but again, you have to all like remember that oh, yeah, she had 16. dad issues. So again, I know, I know, we've said it before, girls. If you have dad issues, I get it. I had dad issues. Go see a therapist. Go see someone. Go see somebody. Don't date. This deal guy. with that because unfortunately, people like this will absolutely take advantage. Of take you. advantage. Yeah. And you won't see it coming until it's too late. Mm -hmm. And if your friends, like I said earlier, if your friends don't like him, oh yeah, flag because friend, they are they are yeah. not in it. You're too girl. You're too you're too in it. And her friend that is interviewed, he is so he seems so sweet, and he's actually cute himself. I think he's girl. cuter than, than this kid. Date your friend. Yeah. I all this to say though, like this was none of this was her fault. No, not at all. I'm and, not, I don't say any of that no. to like victim shame. It's just that now that I am the age that I am, I look back at my teenage years and I was fortunate that I, I mean, I attracted maybe not as narcissistic <laughs> as this person, obviously, but I attracted some real winners in my time due to my dad issues. And I was fortunate enough that I don't think that I ever developed such an attachment to them that I wasn't willing to walk away yeah. like when they took it too far. Like if somebody was being downright abusive to me, oh hell no. Yeah. I'm not I hadn't I wasn't there. I wasn't on that level. But I was had enough issues that I can I very strongly, especially being a mom of three kids, three tween, two teen, sorry. <laughs> two two tweens, tweens and a teen. And a teen. And my teen has already had a relationship that went sideways. And I very early on was like, red flag, red flag. Like, yeah. And she wouldn't listen at the time. And as a parent, it's heartbreaking because so I can only imagine how this mom felt oh my at gosh. this point. Like, initially, she accepted him and loved him. But like, eventually, yeah. she probably felt a lot like I did, like. Okay, it's not that this kid, she probably was thinking, it's not that this kid is evil, although he is. <laughs> he did turn she, out to be. He did turn out to be, but she probably was like knowing 
if I push Mm -hmm. as a mom to say, you need to end this, like this is enough, it's only going to make your kid want to make that work just to try and prove something to you. Yeah. You know, so that's. Well, and like the amount of people who stay with people they shouldn't and don't end up dead, like we're not at all trying to say that she could have prevented. No, because he was a douche and he was planning like he was talking to his friends and saying how much he hates her. Right. And like, that's not fair. And the friends didn't take it seriously. Exactly. Because teenagers say that even the, the psychologist on the case says teenagers say, oh, I hate them. I'll kill them all the time. Yeah. Like, that's not the unusual part. The unusual part and where his friends should have spoken up is when he actually started plotting stuff, like details, and telling them. <laughs> yeah. Then they should have spoken up and been like, wow, yeah. that's a little much, guy. Like, I get it. You hate her. Don't really understand why, because she didn't do anything to you. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Um, Unfortunately, they didn't pick up on that, and they say they claim that they didn't think he was serious at mm-hmm. all that he was just trying to be that alpha male and get the shock value and That's the so stupid yeah. real men don't kill people like kill their girlfriends yeah. or their ex-girlfriends they don't do well, that and real men wouldn't even say make, that no make threats or start bullying her just because real alpha you men, broke up with her exactly real alpha men respect <laughs> their exes yes we respect our exes in this house yeah well, <laughs> okay, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Those of us who dated not such great people, um, but I would never but harm any saying. of them. Yeah. I wish them the best. Please go for my life. I wish you yeah. the best. You know, there's a difference. I respect that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, you live just your leave, life. Just leave I'll them live alone. Mine. I don't understand. Yeah, I've never understood it when people are like, "Oh my god, they're crazy." Okay, but you know they're not. And let you me just tell you, ended in a bad way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as somebody who dated not such great people, um, also for young women or teenage girls, if you start dating a guy and he says all of his exes oh, are yeah. crazy. No, he's red just flag. a misogynist. Red <laughs> yeah. flag. Because let me tell you from experience, you too will be crazy within a matter of months. Yeah. Why? Find because the, yeah. he will lie. He will cheat. He will do whatever he does. I, I don't know that distinctly, but he will do whatever he does. That made them crazy. That made them crazy yeah. will now make you crazy. And Find then the he will label you as crazy yeah. as well. Who's the common denominator here? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Not the girls. They're no. all different people. All different people. Yeah. Yeah. One person is the problem. Yes. Now, if they have one crazy ex, that's different. I agree. Because, I yes. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, this was a tangent. Like That's a okay. Long it's tangent. like a public service announcement. Honestly, yeah. We're doing a favor. And it's fine because this case is really short, so it it's fine. Okay, cool. Yeah. So because this dude We're the we're the friends not who just well. always are like, what are you doing? Why are you with this person? Yeah. Because I don't we don't tolerate much. Yeah. We were kind of just having that conversation yeah. and thinking back on when I was young, a teenager and in, into my twenties and dating. And I had friends that looked at me and are like, you don't pick the best people. Why are you telling me? But the thing is, is that at that point in my life, like I would walk away really quick. I'd be quick to walk away from stuff. But I had some friends that were not so quick to walk away from stuff. And I'm like, why? Why are you putting up with this? Why would you? Why would you do this? And, you know. Well, it's because we're INFJs and we don't forgive very easily. It's a it's a once you're done, you're done. Yeah, and I'll wish you the best. Oh, yeah, but I don't want to talk about your friends. It doesn't matter. Dating, relationships, friendships, family, whatever. When I door slam you, just know Mm -hmm. I don't hate you. I just don't want to deal with that anymore. And so I wish you the best. I hope you're happy. Just do it over there. Isn't it fascinating? Because I know exactly (laughs) the feeling you're talking about when you're saying, like, I don't want to deal with it. It's like a defeated feeling where you're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm not even mad anymore. I'm just over it. Oh, yeah. I and like I go through a grieving process. Yeah, because I do. It is. Yes, I go through a grieving process. I there's times that I miss that person, but then every time that I think, oh, I miss that person, like I think about why it is that I decided this relationship cannot stand, and then I go, nope. All right, we'll get back to the case. I know you're listening. (laughs) If you haven't skipped ahead, 
because this was a lot. All right. So just to recap, because that was a long <laughs> tangent. Okay. So Joshua had reached out to her nine months after their breakup saying, hey, what's up? Long time since I bullied you. That is what this is. You want to meet up. Okay, she wait, She gets hold on. sucked back in. I have, a, I have a comment. Yeah. I think that this kind of just dawned on me, and I think it's good. The difference between bullying and abuse is, like, the personal relationship that they had because they were dating, and so it's not just you can't. I mean, bullying is horrible, but I feel yeah. like that's oh, yeah. when it definitely goes from, like, bullying to abuse. Is yeah. the is the psychological? Yeah, we are I, friends, and that goes to, like that goes for that. people that you're not dating as well. If you're friends yeah. with somebody and they're bullying you, and you are you used to be close friends, that that moves into abuse to me. That makes sense. I like that insight because I was kind of thinking of it because he not only like said abusive things personally like mm-hmm. to her, but he was like posting stuff on social yeah. media. And texting and then like spreading more rumors about her and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I kind of separated it in that obviously like the stuff that was very personal and upfront as abuse and the social media stuff and the stuff that's like uh, is more bullyish. But I like I like that take. That is true. I mean, bullying is absolutely horrible, but I do think that it has a connotation that it's just for kids. I don't know. And it's definitely not. Not at all. Yeah. I've had workplaces that people are bullyish. Like. Yeah. Grown women. Yeah. Who talk and act like they're in high school. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah. Anyway, that was it. Anyway. Okay. So Becca got pulled right back in thinking, oh, this might mean we're back together. So they arranged to meet the following weekend at a place called Kenfig, which I believe is a national park. Okay. There's a few different things called Kenfig, but yeah. ultimately uh, the description of what happens and where they ultimately end up and like the site of her death mm-hmm. leads me to believe it was the Kenfig National Park. Okay. So she was so excited and nervous that she went out shopping beforehand to buy oh, a new outfit stop. and look her best. I don't have the emotion. I don't have it in me. That's so. Yeah. What a horrible person he was mm-hmm. to take this kind soul away from the world. She just wanted to look nice. Oh, he, he gets worse. Oh, my God. If you can imagine. The agreement was that they would meet at the station there, but Joshua then proceeded to send her on a wild goose chase looking for him. He would wait until he knew that she was close to one location where he said to meet, and then he would redirect her by text that she needed to go to another location. That's so horrible. That's so mean. From the the station that was, like, nearby, all over the place. That's just mean. At one point, she finally becomes so nervous about walking alone and through the parks that she called her mom, her mom, her mom, Sonia, who encouraged her to go back home because she's like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know what is going on. Why can't you find him? You should just turn around and go home. But Becca basically started to refuse. So Sonia said, fine, I will stay on the phone with you until you find Joshua. Yeah. Because, see, at this point, she still trusted him enough that, like, like the last thing she's thinking is that he's going to physically harm her. So right about the time that Sonia was about to say, forget it, like, and demand that she come home, Becca tells her mom that she found him, and she says, bye, mom, I love you. That's the last time that Sonia would hear her voice. They immediately report Becca missing when she didn't come home after from Kenfig. Police had also, around that time, received a call from the father of one of Joshua's friends, who told them that his son was 
concerned that Joshua was bragging about killing Becca the day before, and that based on some strange responses to texts, he was concerned that Joshua might have actually done something. Well, not to say at least he did that, but at least he was like, oh, crap. So here's okay, the thing. <laughs> That kid, they made it sound like, oh, he just had some strange responses to text. I believe that kid actually went to the park. I think that that was the, there's two friends that meet him at the park after he kills her. I think it was the friend that didn't actually see her dead, but went to the park and then he couldn't get up to where the location was because he was where, well, we'll oh get into God. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you better. Tell me so, what happened. Police uh, go to the park and search, and they find Becca's lifeless body in the woods as Mm -hmm. part of the park, if it's the national park or whatever. When investigators begin to interview Joshua and Becca's friends looking for motive, they uncover rather disturbing evidence of abuse. Joshua's friends admit that at their weekly Saturday morning breakfast at a local cafe, he would regularly talk of his hatred of Becca and eventually began telling them how he wanted to kill her. He even told them all that he planned to do, but they unfortunately didn't take him seriously and blew it off as just him shit-talking or joking or... Yeah, yeah. but, like, saying, oh, I want to kill them is different than saying, like, I'm going to kill her Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do it exactly like this. I'm going to try this. Yeah, and that's kind of how... Horrible. After months... Of Joshua talking incessantly about it, his friends were getting annoyed. So one of them claims that they jokingly said they would buy him breakfast if he did it just to get him to shut up a bit. Wow. Okay. Um, Life lesson. If you say something like that, but it would be bad if the thing actually happened, you shouldn't say it. Like if you're yeah, if you're driving funny. down the road and there's traffic and you're like, oh, there better be an accident up here for all this traffic. You don't actually want there to be an accident. No. You don't want that. Yeah. Don't say that. Don't say, oh, yeah, if you actually do it, I'll buy you breakfast. Because how bad do you feel? Well, I'm yeah. not sure they actually. That's what bothers me is that same friend's response after. Oh, no. It, it is. It's disturbing on so many levels. But. I suppose that the kind of company that keeps a friend like Joshua Davies is probably yeah. not much better than Joshua Davies, mm-hmm. to be honest. So through social media and text, they find that Joshua had spent months making threats and bullying Becca. Despite Joshua publicly making threats and even plotting how he was going to kill her, no one believed him. Like literally no one. No other kids at school, turned them in about the social media posts, nothing. What year was all this happening? 2010. That's so So crazy. yeah, like the whole bullying campaigning stuff was around. Yeah. It had started. What's crazy to me is I just think back to like, I grew up, obviously we're Gen Z. I graduated in the year 2020. I graduated high school. And so the school shooting issues are yeah. so bad and they still are. And so we are at a point where if anybody even in your class says anything remotely creepy, yeah, you say something to someone. And I, mm-hmm. I know because it happened several times in my school. Yeah. Absolutely. And you, you have to take everything seriously. And it, it's just it's crazy that at this point nobody was listening. Yeah. Or hearing him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So they basically... You know, whether you tell yourself that there's no way that that would happen because that's just so outlandish. Like, yeah. I, you know, you don't know what's happening in the head of all these people. Like, are they just thinking there's no way anything like that would happen in this place or yeah. in our school or whatever? Or are they thinking about him specifically thinking, oh, but he's so charismatic and charming. Like, it's him. He would never... You know, and yeah. he's got a good life. Like, he's got a nice p- a family, and he would never do anything crazy like that. But they all think that even though he went through multiple plans. Oh, my gosh. 
The first plan was to take her for a walk along the river and push her in knowing she couldn't swim and then jump in as if he's trying to save her but really ensure that she drowns. For whatever reason, he decided against that. The second plan was to poison her. He even went so far as to acquire foxglove and nightshade, which was found at his grandmother's home after the Oh my gosh, you're so edgy. Finally, he settled on sadistically stringing her along in a hide-and-seek-like game before trying to strangle her. When police found Becca, the cause of death was clearly not strangling, though, because this alpha male... Oh my gosh. Had apparently not realized just how much strength it takes yeah, to strangle someone. Yeah, it's hard. Go listen to the co-ed killer. He'll tell you all about it. Killing people is hard. And he tried to do it with his bare hands. His hands weren't big enough, were Even they? in all his athletic alpha male glory, he wasn't able he had little baby hands. to get the job done. He could not. Becca may have been incapacitated, but not dead. When Joshua tired and instead picked up a large rock to beat her with. Oh, my gosh. He later told a friend that he hit her until her skull was crushed. Like, yeah, he talked he could... in, descri- in description about what it was like. Yeah. Like, wow, time. that's horrible. So along with the evidence found through physical search, social media, texts, and interviews of friends... Investigators are told by Becca's family that it may be possible that she had been unsuccessfully poisoned. Oh, so he may have tried the poison thing. Yes. At some point prior to her death, as the sources that I could find did not um, specify when exactly, Becca had suddenly and mysteriously become extremely ill. She was hospitalized after collapsing during a stomach illness that caused vomiting and horrible stomach cramps. Mm-hmm. Even after a battery of tests, the doctors were never able to determine the cause, but Becca started to recover. Yeah, because why are they ever going to think that a 16-year-old girl is being poisoned? With foxglove and fox nightshade. And nightshade. Yeah, they're, they're thinking, not going to test for oh, that. Oh, she ate something. They're yes. testing for she's sick. They're not testing food for poisoning. poison. Yeah, food poisoning. Yeah, but not that's what I would poisoning think. Poisoning your food. Not yeah, <laughs> not poisoning your food, but food poisoning. That's funny. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, obviously, like I don't even blame the doctors. How are they supposed to think about that? But here's the thing: he didn't start talking about killing her until this is this is what's crazy to me. Okay. And maybe I'm going off on, like, a conspiracy trail. But from what everything says, he didn't start talking about trying to kill her until, like, they had been broken up for a few months at least, okay? So if they're broken up and they're not spending time together and this happened, or, like, she got poisoned, how did she get poisoned? Yeah. I'm thinking somebody else had to be in on it then. Yeah, because they had, like, a group of similar friends. Yes. Or he, like, used one as a pawn unknowingly. He said, like, I'll give this to That's Becca. True. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to say that somebody else did it, but, like, it kind of looks like somebody else was involved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just, I find that suspicious. You're sus. You're sus. As my kids would say. No, it's good use of that word. So, investigators learned that despite all the abuse and bullying... Becca still very much loved Joshua. So sad because she was being so abused and it's just, and we all, here's the thing. Everybody knows somebody who has either been in the situation or is in the situation. If it's not you yourself. Yep. Which is what makes your heart hurt because you know exactly what she was going through. Mm Mm-hmm. In true narcissistic fashion, Joshua used that to lure her into a trap. He led her to believe that there was a possibility that they could get back together. Within hours of Becca being found, on October 24th, 2010, Joshua, as well as his best friend, were arrested under suspicion of murder. Well, yeah, good. So, okay, I'm assuming you're going to get there, but I'm impatient. So his friend came to the park? Is that where you're Mm -hmm. going next? I'm going to get there. Get there faster. I want to know. Okay, I'll, yeah. Okay, so Joshua blamed his friend and had attempted to create an alibi for himself. 
Meanwhile, his friend blamed Joshua. Oh my so. gosh, wait, what's that story? What's the story where they blame, they all blame themselves and then they can't arrest the one guy? I think it's, I think that's like what he was trying to yeah, do because he told his friend. Hold on, I gotta Google it. I think he even may have told his friend, I'm gonna say you did it, you say I did it. And then they have to, they can't arrest anybody. Nobody can get blamed for it unless they find some other evidence. And this fool apparently forgot about all the social media stuff and all the. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Reddit is going to save the day. Spartacus. 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 The story yes. is Spartacus. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. There we go. That That's. The itch in my Except brain. Except instead fresh. of saying that they did it themselves, like they blamed each other. So it's like the Spider Man meme where they're staring at each other. Yeah. <laughs> I'll post it with the thingy. I'll make it. I can't. Um, so his friend obviously tells the truth. <laughs> what is actually. And kind of, why is he going to go down what for actually friends? happened? Because what are they going to do? They're going to arrest both of you. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. And so they have them in questioning. Did they think it was going to be just like Spartacus where they're like, well, we don't know which one it was. So, Well, that's how Joshua thought it was <laughs> going to be, apparently. Well, you know. Yeah. So while his friend told the truth, Joshua tries to weave a tale about how he and Becca pranked the friend by having him come to the woods under the premise that Joshua had killed Becca. He said that Becca played dead and when the That's friend started Yeah. And <laughs> when the friend started to freak out about her being dead, she popped up and she and Joshua began laughing at the friend. And then the friend was so angry that he is the one who carried out the murder, picking up the rock and beating her. And when they question can't, can't And when they question, like, okay, so why did you not do anything to try and stop him? You're the alpha male after all. You're the all. alpha male. He could offer no... He's your beta, dude. He could offer no reasoning for that. Oh, my gosh. You can't... This is... He's so stupid. Like, that oh, is the it, stupidest story ever. <laughs> we were just playing a prank. Yeah. So my What? That's not a prank. My next note is Joshua's narcissism clearly got in the way of his intelligence. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, because a prank is like teeping your yard. Or putting soap in a fountain, it's not pretending that someone's dead. That's yeah. emotionally after scarring. you've spent months, months talking, talking about, about killing yeah, them. That they're yeah. gonna die. Yeah, let's play a. Let's do that. Let's let's see how that goes. So, let's play a prank, <laughs> and we'll tell Nicholas that you killed me, and see how that goes for you. Yeah. So not only did the police have a clear timeline thanks to all the digital evidence he left, but. They had witnesses that spoke of his threats, as well as Sonia's report that she was on the phone with Becca when Becca found Joshua. Mm -hmm. So that makes, dude, that makes you the last known person to see her. To see her. Yeah. Both the information that the friend who was arrested, as well as a second friend, also gave police a good idea of Joshua's actions after he killed Becca. After he killed her, he invited the two of them to come see her body. One of the friends couldn't make it up the hill because of a medical boot. But the second friend went up and saw the scene and saw her body. That's the friend, the medical boot friend mm -hmm. is the one that I, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think he may have been the one to tell his oh, dad. Yeah, he's the only one with and any then, sort of brain. And so he didn't actually see her body, but he's like, these two are talking about it. Like, and I don't, I mean, I didn't see it, but I think like he yeah. really did something. Finally, the forensic evidence comes back in as to how she died. That, of course, adds to the, the Volk because you tried to strangle her with your bare hands. He had ha bear hands? I believe so. He had hand like bears? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's... I. Bro, do a little bit of research on how hard it is to kill somebody. It's not easy. <laughs> like, no. not at all. Even not if you're all. an alpha male. No. It's hard for even alpha males. So less than a year after her death, Joshua alone would stand trial with his two friends as the star witnesses. 
everyone noted how relaxed and confident Joshua looked throughout the trial. He yeah, legit did not think he was going to, like, no. even when he's at trial, he did not think. No, he thinks he's going to be able to charm his way out. Yeah. Because that's how narcissists work. They're like, oh, yeah, it's, it'll be fine. I always get my way. I believe it was a journalist on the case um, said he only said that Joshua only seemed interested in truly listening to anything going on in the trial when the witnesses were on the stand talking about, about him. him. Dr. Carrie Nixon suggests that this is all because he was certain he would get away with it, especially since he convinced his parents that he didn't do it. And that oh, would just feed yeah. into the narcissism. That of- reminds me of the the scream killing, the scream murder, mm-hmm. where one of them admits that he did it, and then the other one convinced their parents, no, I didn't, and they're still fighting for him when he absolutely did. Yep. However, during the five-week trial, the prosecution provides plenty of the evidence everyone already knew about, yeah. also establishes just how that wild goose chase wasn't so wild. Instead, it was a well-laid-out route to get her to the location without being seen by the CCTV cameras. Mm. For those of you that don't know, the UK has cameras, like, everywhere. Well, we do, too. They're just wetter-hidden. Wetter-hidden? Better-hidden. Oh, I thought you said wetter You might have. I'm talking fast. Wetter-hidden. Anyway, like sweater weather. Sweater weather. I've been saying that all week. <laughs> yeah, we've had too. a we've had a cold front hit our area because we're in Florida. And it's, even though it's like we're recording this late October, yeah. it like it <laughs> it has been unusually chilly the last few sweater days. Weather. Like in this in the fifties for us, that's cold. Yeah, and I've literally just been going sweater weather. Oh, it's sweater weather. <laughs> Nicola, yeah. I had to tell him where that was from. Like, oh, he didn't know. I don't Aww. think so. Or he just let me talk. He does that. He'll just let me. Uh, my like... girls didn't know, but that's, I mean, well, they're yeah. too young to know. So I actually started to play it for them, and I forgot about some of the stuff that's said <laughs> in this. <laughs> I was like, never mind. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn, Turn it off. Appropriate. Okay. Back to the case. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. So they also found that Joshua appeared to have a backup plan in the event that she was seen in person. Oh, I would love to know what their backup plan was. Get this. One of the areas he sent her to was just outside the home of the other boy she had briefly dated. So I wish you could see my face right now. Yeah. Because it's pure shock. So they suspect that his plan was if she was seen, he could just say, hey, oh, well, he was the last one who saw her. Yeah. She was outside his house. The forensic evidence proved that he did, in fact, use the rock to smash her skull. No surprise there. And the jury also got to hear the text exchange between Joshua and his friends in the time leading up to and after the murder, which included him asking his friend what they would actually do if he killed her, to which they replied, oh, I'd buy you breakfast, mate. I don't, I'm not going to try and do the accent. I'm not, I'm no good at Yeah, accents. the little bit you just tried was not great, yeah. Well, I wasn't really trying. <laughs> I just wanted to make it clear that it was a quote. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So Joshua's response was, don't say anything, but you may just owe me breakfast. Bro. All of the evidence was pointing to him. But he maintained that he was innocent and that it was his friend who killed Becca. Or we all know you're lying. Yeah. This friend testifies that once he was at the scene, Joshua asked him if he wanted to touch her, which detectives and prosecution believes was an intentional act to, to establish that his friend was involved so that his friend's DNA would also be on what her body. What did he think was going to... You want to touch the dead body? Mm-hmm. No. I am not a killer. <laughs> I do not want to touch. No, no, no. not the people who. Mm-hmm. No, okay. Morticians different. Like, okay, but you know what I mean. 
<laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I don't. But I, they didn't kill. They don't kill. They no. Just this deal is some, with it after This is not. This is. Uh, you know this person. You go to school with. Yeah. What? And you're a teenager. Did he like, really think that, that was going to work? Did he really think? Apparently. Oh, he's so stupid. Here's the part that I don't get, though. Not the friend's fault that this happened. But not only do they not. They claim to not believe him. They joke about it. They make inappropriate comments about it. But after going to the park, both of his friends testify that they then go with him back to his grandmother's house, go back to Joshua's grandmother's house, in an attempt to establish an alibi by posting on social media that they were hanging out and watching movies. And then once they hear that Becca is missing, Joshua begins texting Becca's phone that he's worried and she should really go home. And then he goes so far as to text Sonia, her mom, to say how sorry he is to hear that she's missing and how concerned he is. And I bet he thought he was so slick. I bet he thought, look, I'm covering my tracks. I'm not going to get caught. Oh, absolutely. I, as a mom, would have a hard time not strangling him. Oh, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Well, and like, if clearly. I believe that you're the last person to see my kid after she, and then she goes missing. Um, and then you start texting me these oh, semi overly dramatic things. Oh, screw that. Yeah, I'm going to have a real hard time not showing up on your doorstep. So, needless to say, the jury found Joshua guilty. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. He was sentenced 14 years to life. The one question that remained was why he felt the need to kill her. Yeah, I still don't understand. I mean, I'm sure you're going to tell me. Are you? No, we don't know. Well, most agree that she was the only person who ever stood up to him and did not always enable his narcissistic tendencies. Even the forensic psychologist, Dr. Nixon, believes that that's probably the case. Like, he just couldn't stand that she that she didn't just crumble after yeah. he broke up with her the last time. And it wasn't a matter of jealousy. It was a control thing. It was, you didn't behave the way I wanted you to behave, so yeah, that's it. Joshua continued to maintain his innocence until October of 2018, eight years after Becca's death, seven years after his conviction. He, without warning, woke up one day and decided to tell the prison guards that he was guilty and admitted to killing Rebe Rebecca. That's so rant. Why? Yeah, that's what everybody's like. That's not how that usually goes. Usually they like want to meet with their attorney yeah or, or like, like get something make out an of official it. Yeah. statement like it's normally for a reason right so prison guards of course then notify officials whoever they need to notify and becca's mother was then notified by the probation office she of course was shocked but also terrified terrified because it was the halfway point of his 14 year minimum prison term mm -hmm. and she believed, like so many others at that point, that there's no way he's admitting the guilt because he just decided, like, yeah, I should finally come clean and admit this. They believe he was doing it just to become eligible for early release. Because in order oh, to be you have paroled, to, you, have to be you have to admit your you guilt. Did it. Yep. See, I knew there was a reason. Sonia admits that she wished he had maintained his innocence so he would not be eligible, especially since he still would not offer the family the closure of knowing why he killed Becca. That's, I mean, yeah. Being eligible for early release also means that Sonia and her one of her other daughters will continuously have to go through the gut-wrenching process yeah. of giving victim impact statements which is understandably important for the process, mm -hmm. but it also seems cruel to the yeah. people who have already suffered so much. As of yet, I could not find anything that 
stated that he had made an attempt to request early release yet, but there's still time because he will be eligible for parole in 2024. Wow. That's like soon. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's definitely there's petitions and stuff, though, trying to yeah. be like, no, do not let this kid out because the forensic psychologists are like, yeah, he's he's dangerous, like still like everything about how he set it all up and how callous he was to like try yeah, and he will make his friends Absolutely. take the fall. Um, and the premeditation very likely, on this. He is very likely to reoffend, but he's been like a model prisoner. So. Yeah, he's an alpha male. They're models. <laughs> <laughs> There's something. There's something. Anyway, wow. I don't even have any final thoughts because I don't, I'm just, I don't want him out of jail. Yeah, I wish I had more like details on the trial, but. Well, they're minors. But they're minors, so you can only get so much. And it's in the UK, so things mm-hmm. are a little different. And it's also more recent, and it is harder honestly to find recent stuff because once it's a certain amount of time has passed you can find pdfs like available really quick yes yeah. rather than having to go through like a court website yeah um so it makes it easier let's all hope he does let's hope the judge get who gets his parole case is a smart one like normally i would be one to say when some when people offend and they're teenagers you know that whole they're yeah their brain isn't even fully t- the the parts of yeah. your brain that says make good decisions. Let's make good decisions, isn't fully formed. But it's his behavior leading up to it. It wasn't an act of passion. It no. wasn't a oh I was misguided. It was very intentional. <laughs> it was very and it was all about control. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even no, know what it to was say. cruel and callous and premeditated. Yes. And it was horrible. Yeah. And even after the fact, he showed absolutely no remorse. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Even as a teenager, if you're that's like that, okay. that's not I don't feel like No, that's that's no that's Rot in gonna jail. Work out well. Rot forever. XOXO. Yeah. Burden of proof. <laughs> You just, you live your best life in jail over there. Go be a model in jail. Door slam. <laughs> yes. Cell slam. Bar slam. Yes. Clink. It's really good. Thank you. I'm kind of impressed. I'm not going to do it again because I'm not going to do it as well. So if you want to hear it, back up 15 seconds. All right. Well, that's the case of Joshua Davies. Yeah. Thanks for covering it, even though I'm really depressed now. Sorry. It's okay. The case you're I have listening. a knack for picking yeah. cases. <laughs> you too, man. <laughs> I like to pick ones that are not as well. They're all they're all horrible, but you pick like gorier. <laughs> I do stuff. I oh, pick wait like you get in- sad stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then I cry, and then I watch Dancing with the Stars in between <laughs> to <laughs> lift my spirits. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Uh yeah. Wait till you hear with the case that I've got for you after this because. It is a doozy. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at Burden of Proof Pod and email us at burdenofproofpod at gmail.com.